Hey, welcome to Gen X Voice. Nobody asked us, so let's get our voices heard. Written off years ago as the slacker generation, we actually have brought a lot to the world behind the scenes. Now we need to bridge two opposing generations and make sure non-Karen voices are heard. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and I'm going to interview Gen Xers being rad and doing cool shit in the world. You can follow me at Gen X Voice on Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. Check out other podcasts, videos, and blogs at genxvoice.com. Even though the focus of this platform will be to celebrate Generation X, the goal is to interview as many people as possible from lots of generations, backgrounds, and experiences. Let's unpack some of our differences and attempt to discover what truly ties us all together. With so much division and pain in the world today, instead of shutting people down for their age or other features outside of their control, let's listen to these voices and discover common ground so we can come together and create a better world for all. I don't want to be an army one. Hey, Trisha. Hi, Trish. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thank you. Have you been enjoying your nice weekend off? Because last weekend and the weekend before, you were super busy, huh? Um, was I? Yes, I Oh, yes, I was. Um, I am. I mean, I've just been lazy and doing laundry. <laughs> oh, good for you. That's yeah. the best when you don't have errands and there's nothing really to do. And it's just so hot. I know. That's mainly it's like I just don't even want to. I just want to skip to like October and we'll be good. Yeah, let's just be straight in January 2021 and just pretend like 2020 was just like, uh, just, oh, was that a dream I did all year? That's yeah, okay. it was just a blip on the map. Just a blip. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, my gosh. And, but I mean, you growing up in the desert, like, can you, do you think it's really getting hotter or do you think that everyone just has like summer amnesia in Phoenix? Oh, I think there's definitely summer amnesia for sure. Uh, I think I think that this summer was very hot. I mean, obviously we broke records. Um, so I don't know. It's funny because I used to, I would go back and forth between Flagstaff and Phoenix. And <laughs> every time I'd be like, okay, I have to live in Phoenix because that's where I'm going to get a job and like make money. And then summer would hit and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> and then I moved back up to Flagstaff. <laughs> And then winter would happen. You'd be like, oh, my God, I can't. I know. I need a job. Oh, my God, I'm broke. Because that's when Flagstaff's dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, finally I was like, okay, I really do have to live in Phoenix. And been here ever since. <laughs> yeah. But you and I lived in Flagstaff when Flagstaff was just the most awesome scene in the 90s. Like, you worked at Macy's, the most popular and amazing coffee house in the planet and like do you ever just kind of look back on that era of just like just the kind of people you knew and just like just living there and just have this like oh I wish my life was that like that still uh it was that time in my life I you know as you know it was just so special I mean just the opportunity to to be in such a small town and have it be so global I mean, my first friend um, I met from there was from, um, oh my gosh, where was she from? She was from um, Indonesia. And I mean, literally the, the first person I met in the dorms, I was like, and she, we stayed friends for, for many, many years. 
Um, but that's just kind of how Flagstaff was. It was just such a, it, it's a very much a transient town, as you know. Um, but it's just the opportunities that, you know, of just the uniqueness of the town, I think, really draws different spirits together <laughs> and different souls. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I look back at it now and I, I don't know if, if it's something that would be functional in my 40s. Um, because <laughs> there was a lot of, um, I don't know, just hanging out for hours on end, drinking coffee after coffee, after coffee, after coffee. I, I don't know if I could do that now with, you know, who I am now, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh, for sure. And do you ever go into Macy's when you're back in flag and just feel like, wait, don't I know that person? Cause everyone looks literally the same as they did in the nineties, but they're different people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I love going back there. You know, I'll always be a huge fan of the Macy's special. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. uh, I know. It's oh, so good. Yes. Um, uh, for for the listeners, that is the most epic mocha in the universe, and you have to get it if you're in Flagstaff, Arizona. Go to Macy's on Beaver Street, get a Macy's special hot. You will not regret it ever. So if you're going to drink coffee, it's going to be like local, or it's going to be fair trade and and all like special yeah. and things like. Do you have? How do you make your coffee at home? Do you have like a French press or like what's your what's your preference when you're at home? I have a pour over. That's, that's my preference. I, I, I like that. that. So far, that's the one I've, I found that is the kind of the best. When did you get into pour over? Because um, that's like a huge hipster thing nowadays. I know. Um, I, honestly, when I bought my house, I didn't have, I got rid of my Keurig, which actually the Keurig was amazing because I had one of those refillable cups and it was like a perfect cup of coffee. I could drink it black. Oh man. Yeah. Keurig. I don't know what's up with their pressure, but man, is that a good cup of coffee? It is a good cup of coffee. So I had gotten, I had donated it to Goodwill and I just saw it at Target and I was like, I'll give that a try. I mean, it's good. It's just, it, it doesn't stay hot long, obviously, because it's in glass. Um, but you know, so far I'm, I'm digging it. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned owning your own business and, you know, I love the story of you owning your own business and, and, but also, um, it, it has a dark tale to it as well. So how, how old were you when you started your business with your flower shop? Um, I was, I was probably, God, I don't know, it was 2000. Um, well, not really. So early mid twenties. Yeah, it was um yeah something like that. Oh, oh yeah, and I gotta tell everyone how old are you? Oh, <laughs> I'm uh, forty five. Forty five. So we are both born in nineteen seventy five. Perfect. Which is like I feel like a dog in um in a world full of humans when I and that sees another dog. <laughs> like I I'm so excited about that because and we're like, both named Trish. What the heck? And we're both named Trish. And, you know, like, and we both don't have kids. We both haven't been married. I mean, it's, it's so, you're like a, you're just like my, my mirror me, but you're way, way cooler and, and oh. more rad, of course. But I don't have a podcast. Okay. So let's, let's, yes. let's, let's, uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> no, but, but you have had your own business. So, um, 
what inspired you to go and and decide to actually start your own business? I mean, I know that we've talked a little bit about how you got into it, but but why do it yourself? Why not why not just work at a florist? Well, the hourly wage is awful. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, so, well, and I also come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My dad, my dad has a, had his own business. Um, he started his business the year I was born, 1975. Um, so he's just always instilled into me that, you know, it's, it's always better to work for yourself and, and to, you know, build your own wealth. And I mean, I went to pick the floral game to build my wealth, but, um, you know, it was, it, I think at the time it was, I had gone to school for interior design and, you know, at the time it was very much, um, obviously entry level, which is, you know, I think they were starting at like 10 bucks an hour and, and, Ugh. you know, and this, I know. And I this was, is the nineties, early two thousands, right? This is 2000s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had graduated college in 2000. Same. Um, no, nice, nice. Yeah. I, I, um, I lost it. I, I, I didn't want to leave Flagstaff. I didn't want to leave college. So I stayed in for seven years. <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh my God. We, we always have so much in common. I know. That's so funny. Yeah. I, um, I extended my, I know I, I'm surprised I'm not a doctor at this point, but you know, <laughs> right. Same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, um, I I started, you know, looking into jobs in interior design. I was just kind of getting frustrated, and um, I uh, I had always loved flowers. I always loved plants, um, and I went on this really bad interview at an architectural firm, and um, it just it's just one of those interviews that like you can literally hear yourself talking, and you're just like, shut up, stop talking, <laughs> you know, and there was this beautiful bouquet of flowers on the table um, in the interview room. And I, I, I was just like, I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do that. And so, yeah. And I literally went to the library that afternoon and I just started studying, trying to, you know, capture any information I could possibly capture on how to, how to do flowers. And so I started. I love that. I love that. You just you just went in and decided that's what you were going to do and taught yourself. So you just kind of threw seven years of college out the window, and was like, I'm just going to teach myself how to do the thing. How how old are your parents? Because would they be considered baby boomers or the silent generation? My dad is about to turn 94 this month. Um, my mom is 85. Yeah, she's 85. So I don't know, 1926, which is, is that, that's not baby boomer, is it? No, because my dad was in World War II, so no. Right. No, that is what we used to call the greatest generation, but I've heard it being mentioned, the silent generation recently, because they just didn't complain. They just kind of put their nose down and just grinded it out. Mm -hmm. And did your parents go to college? My dad did. Your dad did? Yeah, my mom, my mom. So really classic American family where dad worked, mom stayed home with the kids. And, um, and then being raised by such a different generation than a lot. Like, so my mom was a baby boomer, um, but she had me when she was, you know, a teenager. Um, you feel like you sometimes meet people your age and think, wow, they're so different than me because their background and the way they were raised, like their values 
are really different than yours, having been raised with such an older generation? No, I, I don't. Not really. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, I'm, I feel really blessed having been raised. I mean, my dad literally, like his childhood home, he had an outhouse in Minnesota, <laughs> of, all, of all places. I mean, he literally is the story of what, having to walk to school in, you know, shoes that basically were two sizes too small for him. You know, so I, I just have such an appreciation for you know, I think it's, I know it's where I get my work ethic. I, it, it makes me extremely humble. Um, you know, it's just, I, but I think because my siblings, um, you know, my oldest sister is in her 60s. Your older sister's in her 60s? I think she is. So she's a baby boomer. <laughs> yes, she is, for sure. Um, so I know. So, like, it's kind of weird, even though my parents are so old, it's like my siblings are, they're, they're baby boomers. So I, I've seen it all. Like, I've seen, um, you know, how they raise their kids and, it, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's you definitely have a very broad perspective of um, understanding how different people are raised. <laughs> so how different are your siblings than you are? Can you, can you see the okay boomer come out through them or or like how do they differ from your parents and how they're raising their kids um well I think like my sister and she's she was the classic hippie of the family you know she you know her and my dad would you know my dad's last concert was taking her to the Beatles what yeah yeah he's like I know. He's like, I literally will never go to another concert. He's like, they were like screaming and crying. I don't understand why. <laughs> Listen, I still don't understand when I look at those, um, that the, the stock footage of Beatles, Beatlemania, I still do not understand what was going on. I just, I mean, I've been to my favorite bands like Radiohead and I'm just like, I'm just singing with them and I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not, they were, they would scream for an hour straight. Like, no, I know. I, I don't understand that at I all. Mean, I only hope I love something so much at some point in my life. <laughs> it's just, I just start screaming. <laughs> and then I never stop until you faint. Like, yeah. don't wow. worry, she'll work herself out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so, it's so, so different. But so, um, so you've watched your you've watched your sister go through this sort of hippie phase, and then um, and then kind of move through the eighties, right? When you were when you were born. So how many years apart are you guys? Well, okay. So I have there there was five of us um, total. Oh my gosh! I don't think I realized you came from such a big mm-hmm. family. Yeah. So it's it's funny. So I have my oldest sister, who was kind of like the hippie. Um, you know, she, she and her husband just, they've always just worked really hard and, and, um, you know, just good people. Um, then I have my second oldest sister, Michelle, who's, um, she was the eighties rocker chick. I mean, she had the full blown Billy Idol spiked hair, driving a Thunderbird. I don't know if that's a Camaro or not, but like, uh, she had the bucket seat. I mean, she just full on REO speed wagon, like just rocker, rocker chick. Um, and then I have my brother who, you know, he basically, 
don't know what generation. He was just, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen, like sorority bo- or not sorority, uh, fraternity guy. Like, so it's we're all very different. <laughs> <laughs> wow no kidding yeah. and you're the youngest mm-hmm. yeah I was a surprise <laughs> oh okay yeah. wow so watching your siblings grow up and um, I mean were they really different than your parents or or were you just so young that like everyone just seemed old to you well my oldest sister was moved out and married by the time like I was even really conscious of like like she could have been your mom she yeah oh absolutely absolutely um my nephew is only a year younger than me yeah (laughs) it's pretty fun so like my 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 nieces and nephews especially the older ones are more like my my real like my they're like siblings to me because we grew up together we we played together. We, you know, like we experienced life together more so than I did with my actual siblings. So, um, but I love them all. They're all wonderful people. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fortunate, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you personally not being married and not having kids and, and being in a family like that, do you, do you ever feel pressure from your family or, um, or do they ever even ask what's going on or anything like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course they do. Oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel pressure, but then I also feel more pressure for myself not to be in something that's not healthy or, or you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, you know how it is. Dating's not easy <laughs> in today's age. You know, we're, we're Gen Xers dilated, you know, dating in the, in this crazy digital age that we're in right now. And it's very complicated and um, I think there's a lot of nuances that I just don't, it, it just doesn't compute in my brain. Um, so, yeah. But as far as like, you know, I, I I think they understand. I mean, you know, having kids is not for everybody. It's not that I didn't want them. It's just I would value a re- relationship over having, you know, a bunch of children and <laughs> not, have, not have a solid um, foundation. Yeah, I was the same. I didn't want to bring in a child into this world without a partner um, that I trusted, and I didn't trust any of my partners. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, I mean, they're wonderful people. But yes, I agree. With yes, we, we, we love our exes, but they're definitely exes for a reason. And we're, I'm sure on both sides, everyone's happy that we didn't have babies. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I really like that you brought up the whole, um, you know, Gen Xers dating in the digital age, because we're, we're kind of the group of people who we first started dating on, we're, we're probably the first generation that dated online because do you remember like chat rooms and I don't know if you ever got, were involved with those. No, I never really got into that. Um. I don't know. I was a little slow, slow grow, slow going to the computer. Um, I think during my gosh twenties. Oh really? So you did? Did you guys not have a computer in your house when you were growing up? No. What no. about video games? No. Only if I got to go to my friend's house. <laughs> what? 
Trisha, you didn't you weren't playing Frog Bog on Intellivision or Super Mario Three on Nintendo. I grew up on a ranch. Much different. There's a lot stuff, a lot of good fun stuff to do outside. <laughs> but it also made for extremely long days. <laughs> Did you have computer labs in your in your elementary and high school and junior high? <clears throat> I think we had them in high school. I just don't remember them. They weren't like so prevalent. Um, I think we had them in high school. My memory is awful. Um, well, and especially if it wasn't something you were really, really into. Like for me, I loved computers. I had one in the in our house when I was in fourth grade. I'm mean, actually, I feel like it might have even been third grade. And, you know, I was learning how to computer program in sixth grade. And so and we always had video games. Like my, my mom and stepdad were just so into technology. Did you ever feel like you were missing out on anything? Or like now that I'm in college, like I have to use a computer and, and, and now I've got like this huge learning curve? Um, no, the only time I felt, <clears throat> I guess, <laughs> computer, you know, uh, computer illiterate. Yeah. Um, cause when I studied interior design, um, I hand drafted everything. So everything was basically from scratch. Um, and they didn't, at that time, they weren't really pushing us to like, it wasn't part of your grade to get, uh, certified in CAD. Um, and so I never took any, uh, design programs or, or computer programs for, for interior design. Um, and so when I got out of school, everyone was like, well, how much CAD experience do you have? And I'm like, um, <laughs> none. <laughs> I know. So at that point I was, I think that also kind of helped push me into, um, into the floral world. Cause I, I was just like, I don't really want to go and a bunch of computer classes and um I mean I knew how to do the basic like Microsoft Word and stuff like that but um it wasn't until um you know running my business that I really kind of started I had to start really investing in understanding Excel and you know publisher and you know we're you know all of that stuff just to you know do stuff for my business um, like advertising and marketing? Yeah, yeah, correct. Oh, okay. And running the books and everything. So, <laughs> so again, just self-taught with all of that stuff. <laughs> That's pretty remarkable, um, considering that you weren't just bathing in the computer light from a, from a wee age. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I don't think I had my first cell phone until I was like 27. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember I had one. Um, I'd come back from Europe uh, from a year abroad. And like in Europe in 1998, everyone had a Nokia and everyone was texting. And like, I was so jealous, you know, and I just wanted a cell phone so bad. And so I got one. Um, it wasn't a Nokia. It was just but it looked like it was from um Oh God, uh, the matrix. <laughs> Cause I was a flip phone and I was like, Oh, it's the coolest thing. But I had no one to text cause no one had a cell phone in 1999 or 2000 in Flagstaff, Arizona. And so <laughs> it was so stupid. And so it ended up that, um, actually when I moved back to Europe, I just, I just got rid of my cell phone. 
Uh, well, until I mean, when, when I was in Europe, I had a cell phone. But when I came back to the states, then I didn't. I didn't even bother with a cell phone. I didn't. I didn't get another cell phone until like 2004, because it was like, yeah. oh, no one has one, so what's the point? And then all of a sudden, everyone had one. And I was like, wait, wait, I had one back in the day. <laughs> I had one first. I had one first. Wait, one for me. <laughs> oh, oh my god. I know. It's funny, like, you think back on that. I, I, I think that's, like, the the neatest thing about our generation is that we actually know what life was without that. You know? Like, we actually had to use a landline <laughs> to call people. Like, I just, I think it's, you know, I, I obviously I love my cell phone and, and now I'm, you know, pretty well addicted to it. Uh, but it, it's just neat to look back and be like, okay, I didn't spend my entire childhood on my tablet, you know, or, you know, or on my cell phone or, you know, not that that it's a bad thing. And I'm not saying that by any means, but, you know, it's just different, just different, different, you know, ways to look at it. Yeah. I often think that, um, and I don't know if you think this too, but I'm, I'm actually really glad that I've never had kids because I feel like my kids would be such dorks because I'd be making them listen to NPR and classical music and, um, and really, I wouldn't let them play on a screen all day long. Like, and I feel like that would result in them being like the biggest dorks in school. Do you feel like you would kind of be like that too? Or do you think that you would be like, you know, here's a screen kid, you know, just get out of here. <laughs> not, not that people are like that, but I'm, I don't know. What do you, right, right. no, I, I understand what you're saying. No, I think, um, no, cause I mean, my nieces and nephews are so close to me that, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> when I'm not working, it's like, let's go do adventures, let's play, let's be creative. Let's, you know, so anytime I'm with them, it's like, we're, we're always doing activities or, and I'm not saying that as a, me as a parent, I don't know what it would be like. You know, I probably half the time I think I'd be freaking out, like making sure that they're safe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know, for me, I, you know, I can, I, I can only look at the way that my relationship with my nieces and nephews, my, my great nieces and nephews, um, and and just we have a blast. Like they, they love to go out and explore and, and do fun things. I mean, they still love their tablet time and stuff like that, but. I don't know. It's just me. Like my six-year-old niece, uh, Kennedy, she, she literally, Oh, she's amazing. Oh my gosh. She is like, just my heart's delight, but she's so great. But I mean, she's got her little, I mean, she calls me all the time. Um, they have a, on Facebook, they have the, um, kids messenger. And so it's, it's like a protected safe, um, way that, they can communicate. And so she, she just calls, like she's got some, you know, her mom can monitor everybody who she's talking to, but I'm like, that's just so neat. Like as a kid, like we were so isolated. I mean, especially me, I was freaking, you know, when we lived in Minnesota, we had like 40 acres. I had no friends for miles. (laughs) And my brother is like 10 years older than me. So he wanted nothing to do with me. (laughs) oh true so you basically grew up as an only child in the wilderness (laughs) (laughs) I was raised by wolves actually (laughs) um you should hear my howl it's dope yeah my dog loves it (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah that's um 
that's such a different way of growing up being, do you think that growing up in that way, um, having all of that space and then even moving to Arizona, um, around Cave Creek and again, just all of that space, um, do you think that it is kind of one of the reasons you're really connected to um, environmental causes? And because you recently went vegetarian, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, I would have to say so. I mean, you just have a, I mean, such blessings to be able to grow up on, you know, two completely different, you know, um, two different, you know, completely different uh, places. You know, Minnesota being green and trees and lush and forest, and then moving to Cave Creek, which was, you know, it's still lush because it's the, you know, Sonoran Desert, you know, which is beautiful. And, um, but yeah, I think, I think it did. I think it did contribute to, to, you know, the causes that I now, I mean, I think the pandemic really kind of kicked everything into gear for me as far as being more vigilant, but, um, how, how so? Um, I think just, you know, everything that's happened this year has been so overwhelming and <clears throat> to a point of where it's just really hard to digest it all. And, and I just started really thinking about my footprint and how I, what, what am I doing to um, contribute? You know, how am I, what am I doing to help fix it? Um, you know, not only did the pandemic, but it was, you know, just you start looking at like the pollution, you start looking at the trash, you start looking at all these other things that are happening that, you know, if people took responsibility, um, could be, could be, you know, it could definitely help, <laughs> you know, so I, I mean, I know I'm one person, but I'm, you know, I'm always, um, you know, I, to me, it, trying not to be totally overwhelmed by all of this. You know, I feel like this is my one area of control. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I can do, I know what I can do and I can try and, you know, teach or, and, and, or influence other people to, to do the same. And hopefully that just starts growing, you know? Right. And I mean, you're so inspiring because you're always wanting to go out and clean the rivers and, the lakes around Phoenix that we kayak in, um, do you feel less like you're doing this all by yourself when you do those kind of activities? Or do you feel even more like overwhelmed because of the amount of trash that you see? Um, no, I mean, I, that's, I think, um, one of the bonding, you know, when we've done that, because we've done that together, um, natural restorations, um, I, I, I think there's a camaraderie when you get a group of people together to go do a pickup. Um, the time that it was overwhelming to me, I went down the Salt River, I kayaked it, and it was overwhelming because I was the only one picking up trash. And people, I mean, the tubers were literally just throwing throwing stuff over, like plastic and marshmallows and all kinds of stuff into the river. And, it was and just, just leaving it there. Oh, they had not a care in the world. It, it, and even they literally would see me like pick it up in front of them and put it in my kayak. And they would just be like, huh? Like, are you joking? Like, I, I, that was that day 
that was, it was, uh, yeah, it was Memorial Day. Um, that was like the day of, day of reckoning, I like to call it, because it was just the day where I was just like, I have to, um, I'm changing everything. I, I've really started studying with recycling and, and how to do it better. Um, started educating my neighbors on how to recycle. Um, started a recycling program at work. You know, so it's just, I don't know, that, that day was definitely the, the, the most overwhelming day. So I, I like doing those kind of activities with a group because we're all there for the, one, the same cause. Everyone um, has the same belief system um, and is there to help. So, yeah. Yeah. And listen, I think that it's great to have an opportunity like a podcast like this to just kind of share that it's not okay to do that kind of stuff. So if anyone's out there listening, that's not like, like Trisha and myself and, and out like picking up trash, like just don't throw it, like pack it out. <laughs> don't, it's not funny. It's not fun, funny to see you guys litter everything. And it just, it destroys the natural habitat. And we've got all these wild horses that live on the salt river and, um, and it's just polluting that, that water. So, I mean, on behalf of, um, the world, like I'm so happy that you do that and, and that you have me join you on those kind of cleanup adventures. And we just really appreciate that. But I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. Now we're going to, okay. we're going to change the, we're going to change the tone. You ready? I love it. Let's go. Okay. So these are just quick answers for quick questions. And the first one is what's your favorite memory from childhood? Um, my favorite memory is, uh, going to the lake. Um, there was a couple times during my childhood, we would rent a house. And so like waking up in the morning on the lake in the forest is like, it's still like makes my heart, my heart so happy. <laughs> oh, that sounds incredible. Yeah. And um, would that be in Minnesota or Arizona? Uh, Minnesota. I don't think there's any. There's no lake houses in Arizona. <laughs> uh, not on Lake Mary on, in the swamp? <laughs> okay. What's your favorite 80s band or song? Oh, God. Oh, Really? That's so hard. I don't know. <laughs> 80s band. I honestly wasn't. I was into 80s rap. So that is more up my alley than any. I wasn't really. I didn't really like the 80s that much. Um, can, you, can you think of any rapper in the 80s that you were just in love with? <laughs> yeah, like Easy e <laughs> Oh, whoa, Trisha, you dirty birdie. Okay. And then what was your favorite 80s film? Oh, my gosh. That's so hard. Um, God, it's everywhere from, like, The Lost Boys to Beetlejuice to Say Anything. Oh, my God. It was, like, the best. Well, and it's so fun to ask that question because you just mentioned – three of the most completely different kind of genres. And, <laughs> and I love that because I love all three of those movies probably equally as well. And, mm -hmm. and it just goes to show just like the breadth and scope of what we were exposed to as kids. Um, right. why, did, why did you go to college? 
why did I? Yeah. Um, my father. <laughs> 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 and of course I wanted to. Right. But, but I don't think there was much choice in the Were you, did you continue to be a, a hip hop rap fan in your teens or did you have a favorite artist in your teens? Oh no, I've loved hip hop since I was in the fourth grade. Um, to this day, like I love it. Um, but it also it was kind of cool because it kind of branched me out into jazz and um, all kinds of different music um, in my high school years. So, um, I mean, I've, I've loved every type of music at some point in my life. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes in my life more than others, but like, I just, I love, you know, I think there, there was a musical style for whatever I was going through in my life at that time. <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah. Like, Soundtrack of your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I followed dead for a while because I was a hippie you know, or yeah. whatever, you know, I'm not really a hippie, but you know, it was definitely very, uh, I don't know, Trish, you're, you're picking up trash out of the lake um, when you're just kayaking with your friends. So I don't know, listeners, you decide, is she a hippie? Um, okay. And then finally, if you had um, advice to give, like just one sentence to give to anyone that's in any generation, younger or older, what would it be? Gosh, that's a big one. And we can uh, narrow it down to like, to get through the dark times. Um, well, I don't know about the, one thing I would say, um, and I don't know if this is necessarily to get through dark times because that's, that's um, usually very personal and, and, you know, everyone's dark time is different. But um, I think the biggest thing, and I know this just from my friends that, you know, are the same age group as me is that if you ever, if you have an idea or an inspiration, just do it. Just try it. Just start exploring it. Just like you in this podcast. It's like, if you have an idea or something that you're, that makes you excited and, and puts a pep in your step, just do it. You know, it's like when I had my business, it was, it was the same thing. It was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I figured it out. I mean, it was, I'm not saying that there was hard times and there was definitely hard times and, you know, there was some, there was good times too, but in a lot of big, hard life lessons all along the way. Um, but I will never regret doing it, you know? Well, I just want to thank you personally because you were the first person that was like, yeah, you should do a podcast. So just want to thank you and let everyone know that you were the first person I had that conversation with. So thank you for getting me where I am right now. Trisha, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I was, it was such a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I